I'm James Briarton in Charlotte. It is Thursday. It's Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Welcome back to continuing coverage of Hurricane Ian from the Carolina Weather Group. Coming to you live tonight on a multitude of platforms, the Carolina Weather Group, YouTube, Facebook, and streaming on the Carolina Weather Net. Uh, we have crews for you throughout the area watching as Ian has again become a hurricane. If you were with us last night, you already know, of course, the big national news, which was that Ian made landfall in Florida yesterday as a catastrophic, very strong Category 4 hurricane. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in Southwest Florida across the state impacted by this historic storm. The eye continued across Florida and back out into the Atlantic Ocean, where it briefly became a tropical storm and now has re-strengthened into a hurricane. It was something we talked about on our Wednesday Night Live program, and here we are, 24 hours later, looking at Hurricane Ian, once again, set to make landfall in South Carolina by 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Our Carolina Weather Group panel is standing by to bring you the latest forecast and the latest analysis. Dan Whitaker joins us from Charleston Harbor on what will be anticipated to be a major flood event there tomorrow. Dan is also going to show us some new video that he shot while in Florida yesterday. We have Jared Smith of CHSWX Charleston Weather who will give us the latest forecast analysis. I'm here in Charlotte and of course we have Scotty Powell in the foothills of Western North Carolina and will be a possible landslide flooding event there. Let's start with you, Jared, as we are keeping a very close eye on what the situation is like tonight in Charleston and how it will change over the next 24 hours as we look live at the College of Charleston. Jared, what is top of your mind this evening? Top of my mind this evening is where is this thing going to end up? Now, we like to tell people is like don't don't focus too much on the center because the impacts are going to be far out and yes absolutely the impacts of this are going to be very far out they're going to they're spreading the tropical storm force winds spread hundreds of miles out from the center um it, in fact the rain is going to be on the west side of the storm because of the interaction with the trough and uh just a, a little extra tropical transition that's trying to happen with this uh, so we're, we're going to you know get a good bit of rain and and one of the things on my mind is you know potentially 48 inches of very fast rain um tomorrow morning into midday coupled with the tide that could eight feet nine feet maybe um one of the one of the the the, the extreme end of the ensemble guidance was 10 feet wow. uh, but it all depends on where the center ends up and that's a that's an open question this morning the center was going to end up at hilton head as of the five o'clock advisory the center is going to end up in on so for downtown charleston that makes a big difference that's a it's a major change between the 10 foot tide and a seven and a half foot tide, which still is flooding, but it's not as bad. So, uh, but it might be counteracted by freshwater flooding on the other side. So, uh, it, it's a complex situation for sure. And I'm just, uh, I'm just hoping that folks are, you know, they, you know, they've got what they need. They're kind of where they are. They're going to be for the next day or so. Um, schools are closed. A lot of uh, businesses are closing tomorrow. Um, and so we just just hope people are going to be safe and try not to venture out in this because it's going to be going to be kind of gnarly, especially if uh, if Ian uh, does as forecast, which is to make landfall around Onda as an 80 mile an hour hurricane uh, tomorrow afternoon. 
Yeah, let's uh, show that forecast cone. People have been looking at one of the latest model runs there, and the forecast cone for the National Hurricane Center shows those winds already creeping into the Carolinas tonight. That landfall by 2 p.m. on Friday. Uh, we have a hurricane warning up for the entire South Carolina coast. It extends northward into North Carolina towards Wilmington. We have tropical storm warnings for the Georgia coast, for the Florida coast, for the remainder of the North Carolina coast, including the Outer Banks. And then we have inland warnings. I mean, let me just try to show you guys. This is this is an overwhelming amount of bulletins, but just to kind of convey for you what the setup is here like tonight, this extends not only along the coast where those hurricane warnings are up, but we have tropical storm warnings that extend inward as of this Thursday night at 9 p.m. to Columbia, to Charlotte, to Greensboro, to Raleigh, and these extend as far to the north and to the west as, say, uh, Hickory, the city of Hickory in Catawba County, just one county away from where Scotty Powell is in Burke County in Morganton. Uh, and then we have tropical storm uh, warnings uh, as well for portions of like the Augusta area, if you're watching from the CRSRA. So we are anticipating that this storm's wind, heavy rain are going to impact not only the coast, but also further inland. And let's show you what some of those rain totals are going to be like across the area. You can see that the uh, forecast calling for upwards of seven, eight, maybe nine or 10 inches of rain in some localized spots along the South Carolina coast in Charleston, in Myrtle Beach, uh, even portions of the Outer Banks. But then we're still looking at amounts two, three, four inches across portions of the Sand Hills, the Piedmont, the Western North Carolina foothills and mountains. Let's bring in Scotty Powell, who is keeping an eye on things in the higher elevations. And Scotty, you know, it's no, it's no secret that we have seen storm after storm that has caused landslide threats up where you live. Explain that to us. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when you get a lot of rain on rocky terrain uh, and it comes down really ha heavy and fast, like like what we're anticipating tomorrow, that definitely uh, can loosen some rocky uh, soil and, and cause those landslides. And so uh, we're no stranger to that here in the Western Carolinas, especially up in the mountains. And that is a threat tomorrow. So uh, if you do uh, find yourself out traveling tomorrow afternoon and evening, make sure that you're mindful of that. If you see any mud or anything uh, streaming across a roadway, you want to still clear of that because the soil could give way and we could see uh some landslides uh here in the in the foothills and the mountains and james you were talking about the rainfall even up here in the foothills where we're getting that extra lift created by the mountains it could squeeze out additional rainfall and as you have up right now we have the excessive rainfall outlook and that's a moderate threat level three of four extends from the foothills back towards charlotte into the piedmont triad area of greensboro winston-salem and even down for a good portion of south carolina so that's kind of the bullseye where we're going to expect to see a lot of heavy rain i will say this there's going to be a sharp cutoff and if you are familiar with the Western Carolinas. You may know the Blue Ridge Mountains. You know, may know Black Mountain, uh, going from McDowell County into Buncombe County. I think if you get to the west of the Blue Ridge Mountains, that's where we could start to see lower rainfall totals. So Asheville, a very flood-prone area, you may not see as much rain as you would in Hickory or Morganton or George Charlotte. So uh, somewhere right around that area, we're going to see a, a cutoff where 
20 miles uh, one way, you may see five or six inches of rain. 20 miles the other way, you may see one to two inches of rain. So we'll have to watch that. We're panning here in Asheville right now. So Asheville's kind of set in on that line. Do they get to two to three, four inches of rain, or is it more one to two? Uh, that will all depend on the track once Ian gets inland. So uh, that's something that we're going to be watching. So we have that flood watch up for a lot of the uh, foothills in the Piedmont. Uh, that tropical storm warning, as James was talking about, uh, in the Catawba Valley. So, Catawba County, Lincoln, uh, Iredale, Cabarrus, Mecklenburg, and then off to the east and south. And we also have a wind advisory up for a good portion of uh, the mountains and the foothills that are not under that tropical storm warning. And again, remember, that means we could see sustained winds in that tropical storm warning of up to 40 miles per hour. So, Hickory, Statesville, Charlotte, you can see winds sustained at 40. Uh, in that wind advisory area, it's just short of that 40 threshold. So, when you're looking at 30 to 35 there's not going to be much difference between 35 to 40 mile per hour wind gusts. We're going to see some gusty winds tomorrow, and all of the areas could see some wind gusts upwards of 50 to 60 miles per hour. So uh, a lot of rainfall in a short amount of time, 50 to 60 mile per hour wind gusts. You can also expect some trees to come down. So prepare for scattered power outages as well. I don't think we're going to see widespread power outages like they've seen it in Florida, um, but we can see pockets where, where if a tree hits the right power line, it could take half of a town out. So I would just have to be mindful of that as well. Scotty Powell in Morganton, Western North Carolina Foothills. Thank you very much. And I will acknowledge, uh, Scotty, we'll have you troubleshoot your mic there. We could understand you, but it was very kind of overmodulated as if something maybe got cranked up. I'm getting a thumbs up from uh, from Scotty. Uh, Scotty just mentioned some of the devastation that was left behind by Ian as it moved through Florida. Let's bring in Dan Whitaker, who is with us live tonight from the Charleston Harbor ahead of what will be the next chapter in this storm. But Dan, you've had a very eventful 24 hours, 36 hours, as has so much of South Florida. We are taking a look at some of your video right now. Just, Dan, I mean, our hearts go out to everyone uh, impacted by this storm. We're taking a look right now at Sarasota. What was this like? So, thanks, James. Uh, Sarasota, and this is around Sarasota and also kind of Venice, Venice Beach area. Um, uh, that was uh, quite an interesting start to the storm. Uh, the bulk of the rain kind of began there, and that's where I started as well. So uh, gusty winds, uh, some street flooding, uh, trees down, some basic stuff like that. At the very beginning of the storm, that's before the bulk of the intensity came in. Uh, so I just knew that as the storm actually came in uh, and made it inland that uh, some of these cities were, were just going to be um, uh, pretty devastated. Fortunately, this area, not as much. Um, uh, as some of the others, because it didn't take a direct hit from the uh, from the main portions of the inner eye wall, but um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was a, it was a massive storm, and it affected uh, just a large chunk of Florida. Yeah, Dan, we're going to go ahead now. We're going to switch to some of your video that you shot in Port Charlotte. We're looking at Tractor Trailer on its side here. Uh, we were trying to get you on our show last night live, but as so many people with friends and family in Florida have found, the the cellular connectivity there knocked out along with so much of the other infrastructure. Tell us a little bit about what you saw in the Port Charlotte area. So Port Charlotte, I mean, first of all, go Florida for having really good uh, highways and, and kind of street systems for the most part. Um, but once you got off the highway and, and got to where there were actually light pull or, you know, lots of um, wires and, and 
different types of, you know, structural things like lower roads that could get flooded. That's where I started to see a lot of damage. So I got off the highway there near Port Charlotte. And as I started going through the neighborhoods, um, just a lot of, uh, a lot of wires across in the roads, a lot of houses uh, with trees on it. Um, it kind of looked like a, like a EF2 tornado had gone through a lot of these neighborhoods. Uh, a lot of houses were unrecognizable. Um, just, just a massive amount of damage. Pretty much every tree that you looked at uh, had most of the limbs missing. So it was just bare in a lot of places. Um, and, uh, you know, palm trees were unrecognizable. Um, it definitely looked a lot different than I'm sure it did right before that hurricane. Let's bring Jared Smith back into the conversation who's going to pick up uh, this portion of our segment of the show where we're going to talk about uh, where Dan is standing. So, Jared, take it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about where you are right now, kind of what's around you. It looks like you're at uh, one of the marinas. I know we were talking before the show uh, uh, near the Round Holiday Inn, um, uh, basically where Highway 61 and Highway 17 kind of fork. Um, So uh, tell us. I think we lost Jared. So uh, go ahead, Dan, take it from there. So I'm at the, uh, the, the uh, Charleston Harbor right now. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting kind of uh, seeing the, the beginning parts of where this storm's going to come in and, and things like boats, uh, things like the, you can hear honking behind me. Uh, there's a lot of um, kind of commotion going on. Uh, I was just driving around and uh, Walmart closed it. At 7 p.m., um, you had a lot of people there trying to get in. The gas stations uh, were already either closing their their pumps or out of gas, hard to tell. Um, but people are kind of just running around. It seems like a lot of people are trying to do some last-minute preparations. Um, there's there's definitely this feeling of uncertainty around here where, uh, you know, in Charleston, I think a lot of the locals are used to dealing with flooding and, and, and water and, and tropical events, but – um, there's always kind of that feeling of, of how bad is this one going to be? Do you have my audio now? We got you, Jared. Go ahead. All right, cool. Um, yeah, Dan, I'll tell you, just, just being on the ground, I think, uh, you know, there's been a, this has been kind of a, over the past couple of days, we've been seeing the shift to this shift, you know, more towards us, you know, at the, the easterly fetch, the, well, not easterly fetch, but this easterly track that Ian has been consistently doing. And it's been consistently east of the, of the forecast track. And that's, you know, that's certainly produced some things. But what's interesting this morning, you know, we, as I mentioned, you know, at the top of the show, we started with today in Hilton Head with the landfall in Hilton head. Now we're looking at Onda and, and it, it, the guidance suite suggests that maybe it could go even further North. So Charleston is, Charleston is going to be an interesting place because uh, again, those wobbles are going to make a big difference in our impacts here. So, so Dan, where you're at, you know, uh, just to give uh, folks a a general idea of, uh, of where you're at again, uh, Kind of around the Highway 61, James. I, I see. The, I think I see the James Island connector back there. Uh, again, the the Round Holiday Inn. Um, that area is going to be susceptible to flooding. And Dan, they were they were saying that they were they were having y'all move your cars. That's right. And I'm kind of just showing really quickly here a view of the, the harbor. You can see, um, you know, some of these areas. The water level isn't far from the parking lot here. So even right mm-hmm. here, I'm not sure if it's higher than it normally would be. But it looks like the, uh, the water level is only about two feet below where the parking lot is. So it's not going to take much for this to come up and start flooding. Um, where I'm at is actually the Holiday Inn close by. And 
the um, the water and the uh, marsh there is, is basically already um, up to road level. The, the attendant at the uh, hotel said that just during high tides, that road floods. So they're mm-hmm. expecting um, kind of some, some flooding to occur. So they what they did is they, they called our room and they said um, that they will uh, uh, go ahead and um, shuttle me out to somewhere with higher elevation and bring me back. And so they've been shuttling, uh, a, you know, guests from the hotel out to a different parking lot all night long. They said, this is our last chance to get a shuttle um, to the people who are down in the lobby. I said, you know, um, I've got this covered and, and you know, I'm going to be going around covering things throughout the early morning and keeping an eye on, on things and whatnot. But it, it does make me question, you know, if you're just a, for whatever reason, visiting this area or maybe you live here and you wanted to get a hotel room because you thought it was safer. Um, the fact that you had to move your car away and basically uh, more or less trap yourself inside of a uh, hotel is your best option is, um, is interesting to say the least. Yeah. And, and, and Dan, as we speak tonight, we're, we're headed towards high tide uh, in the Harbor. It's going to uh, peak around, uh, I want to say uh, a little after 11 o'clock. And uh, we're expecting uh, expecting the tide to get up to around 7.9 feet. That's the forecast right now. Now, interestingly, interestingly, one of the things that I've noted is that we've had a little bit more of a northerly wind at the tide gauge uh, over the last couple hours. And that is actually seems to have knocked down some of the departures. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that ends up. But, Dan, from your observations, too, it sounds like that there's already been a, a good bit of water loading. So I think that even if the departures are knocked down a little bit, it certainly seems like that we may be in for, you know, certainly a, a, a high end moderate event tonight that'll close a lot of roads. And then tomorrow morning, um, you know, with heavy rain in the area and again, this peak tide. And again, we don't know how bad it's going to be. The weather service forecast is 8.7 feet. They're going to update that here pretty soon. We don't know exactly, you know, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. It it could either be really good or really bad, honestly. It could either work out either way. Um, so it's certainly a, a precarious position down there. And, and, and Dan, where you are, I mean, there's, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of roads that flood there. Again, there's a, the uh, Highway 17 to Highway 61 or Highway 61 off of Highway 17. That's going to get cut off. It's going to get cut off tonight and again tomorrow. Um, so, you know, there, there's... Uh, you know, that's just one example. Uh, and there's gonna be places that don't normally see issues with flooding. They're going to have issues with flooding. You know, James Island surprisingly doesn't see a lot of issues with typical tidal flooding. Uh, that could be a different story tomorrow. Uh, Mount Pleasant, which has uh, areas along uh, Long Point Road. Locals know where this is uh, around the, the Snee Farm Country Club. Uh, there's a marshy area there that tends to get overwhelmed during high end, moderate or major coastal flood events. So uh, we're going to have a lot of travel problems regardless tomorrow. Um, and then with the rain, the freshwater flood threat goes inland, North Charleston, Somerville, parts of Goose Creek. So uh, we're certainly going to want, want to watch that closely. And, and Dan, it'll be interesting to see how things evolve down there tomorrow, because, uh, you know, depending on where the center tracks, I mean, downtown Charleston could see uh, gusts up to 70 miles an hour as forecasted by the Weather Service. So it could get pretty rough and tumble down there. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, prepared for anything at this point. And uh and I, I, I hope everyone else is too. Uh, you know, it doesn't make me too confident seeing some of the stores close early. And, and even one of the people at the uh, hotel, uh, one of the servers was saying he was going to jet over to Walmart and grab some water before the big event tomorrow. And, and uh, what he didn't know is, you know, the Walmart he was planning to go to had already closed by that point. So, um, 
you know, there's, there's, there's people who are still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's shifted a lot. And, and, and I wonder if there has been, you know, if, if people have been following the forecast a close, a little more closely than they should have been, I think, uh, or not as closely as they should have been. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully everybody, hopefully everybody's got what they need and they're going to be safe. Um, and again, I think, a. You know, there's, you know, James, you've got mm-hmm. the uh, you got the hurricane track up here right now. Yeah. I mean, again, hurricane warning goes from uh, basically South Carolina, Georgia border up up through Myrtle Beach now into Wilmington. And that was added on uh, late this evening again uh, for a surprise to some Charlestonians seem to be. This could even be a bigger surprise for Myrtle Beach because two yeah. days ago they weren't even in this. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, the forecast cone is, is very skinny right now, Jared, but there's still mm-hmm. some wiggle room on that cone. And that's and significant. So, yeah, that is significant. And that is significant for the coast, but also for where I am in Charlotte or places like Columbia, Greensboro, Raleigh, right? Because as we learned last night, the dirty side, the northeast side, the top right side of that circulation is essentially the worst side to be on. No side is fun, but that's where the strongest and the biggest severe weather threat is. So when I look at this forecast cone from a Charlotte perspective, if this comes uh, makes landfall and comes through Charleston, that really would keep it on a trajectory that's going to bring some of the worst weather into Charlotte. But just a slight shift north for the landfall towards Myrtle Beach would actually be enough to shift that dirty side closer to Greensboro and Raleigh and lesser the chances of seeing severe weather in Charlotte. It doesn't give us into the clear by any means, but it lessens the chances. And that's where some of the ambiguity still is in this forecast. What I want to do now is I want to go ahead and pop back up on the screen and time this out here a little bit for folks uh, when they can expect to see certain things, right? So if we use the latest run of the HRRR as our future cast, uh, here we are in about real time. You can begin to see some of the rain already pushing onshore. The eye is still offshore. Some of those heavy bands begin to move into coastal communities during the overnight hours and then during the morning hours is when you can expect a really rough morning commute if there is still such a thing in that i-95 and coastal corridor i imagine there's not i know charlotte is is already shutting down because by the time we get to tomorrow afternoon as the eye is nearing that landfall the outer bands here at three o'clock in the afternoon are now pushing into union county north carolina the city of monroe pushing into charlotte pushing into that i-85 corridor through say spent North Carolina into Greensboro, Columbia, you're certainly in it at this point, as is Raleigh, still drier maybe in the Clemson area in Asheville, where the rain will get there a little bit later on in the evening hours. And then tomorrow afternoon, around that two, three, four o'clock time frame as the eye comes ashore of this particular model run, trying to put it into Myrtle Beach, per se, uh, you'll continue to see those heavy bands of thunderstorms moving through now portions of Wilmington, I-95, Greenville, North Carolina, and that heavy rain extending all across the Carolinas. I mean, really, at the end of the day, the, 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 the key messaging is heavy, heavy rains, flooding from the heavy rains, flooding from the storm surge, potential landslides from the floods and heavy rain. So everyone's got their own little specialty, whether it be a little bit more on the tornadoes, a little bit more on the storm surge, a little bit more on the landslides. But at the end of the day, we're all kind of going to get a taste of Hurricane Ian, Tropical Storm Ian, Depression Ian. And man, we haven't said this yet, but I really need to say this. Don't get too caught up on, oh, it's just 
a Category 1. Oh, it's just a tropical storm. There are going to be a lot of people who will want to breathe a sigh of relief when this inevitably becomes a tropical storm or depression again, and that is certainly good news, uh, but it doesn't change the impacts for most people because most people are in it for the rain and the flooding, and that's coming regardless of whatever name you want to call this thing. Let's bring back in Scotty Powell, Western North Carolina Foothills. He's had some more time to read comments and reflect. And and Scotty, I know by 11 o'clock tomorrow night, by nightfall tomorrow night, that heavy rain, that landslide threat is really going to have set in where you are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, as you said, as, as this weather is going to be moving from east to west. So uh, if you live in Charlotte, obviously by daybreak, you're going to see more rain than you would in the western part of the state. But eventually all that heavy rain moves into the mountains. So again, here recapping for western North Carolina, uh, the primary concern will be the uh, the heavy rain. And it's going to happen in a short amount of time. So just looking at flash flood guidance here, and it's like three inches in three hours. And uh, that could be achievable tomorrow if we get some of those heavier rain bends to set up. There's one thing, James, I wanted to share with everyone uh, before I kind of get into everything else, let me uh, make sure that I have this page pulled up. Is this football? No, it's not football. It shouldn't be. <laughs> oh, no, lake levels. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so we got lake levels here. Uh, just kind of was looking at what Duke Energy has been doing all week. And you can see some of these lakes, Lake James right now at 95.7 feet. Remember, full pond is 100. So we've got like four feet there. Uh, that which is good Lake Road Hiss, which is the next lake down from Lake James, uh, 95 feet. And then you got Lake Hickory, uh, then Lake Lookout Shoals, which dumps into Lake Norman, and then Mountain Island Lake, and then Lake Wally down where James is at. And then this feeds all the way down South Carolina into the um, into the Atlantic Ocean. So you can see a lot of these lakes are right around 94 to 96 feet which is good because uh, that means that whatever rain does fall, at least it's not full pond. At least it, it, the lakes have a little leeway to build up before we start to see some river flooding uh, from, from things that are going on with, with the heavy rain. So we got heavy rain tomorrow, gusty winds as well. So if you are listening tonight, James mentioned it already. I know a lot of uh, school systems have called for e-learning days or totally out. A lot of uh, county offices are closing down at least for half a day tomorrow. So uh, I've always been telling people today, if you can get things done by lunchtime, anytime after lunchtime, uh, things are going to start going downhill. But Jared, things are going to start going downhill in your area way before lunchtime. Yeah, we're going to have a we're going to have a, a little um, a little tropical cinnamon roll for breakfast. We'll put it. That way. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, it's definitely going to be a windy and wet day tomorrow. So just um, hunker down. The good thing, which we haven't really talked a lot about in this program, is we're looking at Saturday and the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, where we thought Saturday may be kind of a total washout as well. It doesn't look to be the case. Uh, we'll definitely see the chance of seeing some scattered showers, even some breezy conditions, but that consistent heavy rain doesn't look to uh, to stick around on Saturday. There's going to be a big uh, dry slot punch in and so that will help clear out some of the heavier rain so saturday and sunday like halfway decent still kind of chilly that's another thing guys that we haven't talked about it's is just how now. cool yeah how cool the temperatures are going to be i mean a lot of places uh at least here in the western part of north carolina upstate south carolina may not get out of the 50s or low 60s tomorrow so it's not going to have that tropical vibe to it as you would associate with the tropical storm uh it's going to be pretty chilly here as well so um kind of a cool wet day so 
You find something good to do inside tomorrow. That is what we would recommend. Brad Panovich at work today said, it's not going to feel like a hurricane. It's going to feel like a nor'easter uh, as right. a northerner. <laughs> yes, that felt very relatable. J- Scotty just mentioned this. The the timing from where we were in the beginning of the week has improved significantly. So if you're heading to Bank of America Stadium for Charlotte FC for the Panthers game, if you're heading to Clemson for the Clemson and NC State game, uh, it may not be beautiful warm weather. It may be damp and windy, but most of the impacts will be out of here. Most of these events uh, will be able to get off, which is uh, for better or for worse for so many other events that all proactively decided to uh, to postpone. It's, it's tricky. It's tricky business, especially when you have other people's lives and safety and property uh, at risk, uh, certainly planning these big events uh, ahead of time. So uh, I wouldn't want to be. Wouldn't want to be in that role. Uh, let's give last closing thoughts to uh, Dan Whitaker, the man who has traveled many miles and many hours from nor- his home in North Carolina to Florida and now back again to South Carolina. Uh, Dan, what comes next for you as the storm approaches? James, um, we'll, we will see how things um, go here. Basically, my plan at this moment is to uh, – take it as it comes uh i I plan to meet the uh hopefully the eye and eye wall of the storm head on so if that ends up being myrtle beach then that's where i plan to be um for now i'm kind of just hanging around here watching the models watching the uh, national hurricane center's official track um and just trying to kind of stay out of flood water so um i've got cameras and and a lot of preparation and a lot of uh days worth of food and so whatever happens i'll be there for it and I'll make sure that um, I stay safe and that I'm doing the best coverage I can. Uh, you know, that's a lot of good things you hit on, not only for folks who might be storm chasing, but for folks who are trying to ride this out at home. I'm charging the batteries. I'm getting some food together. Uh, we are finding any candles. And we're going to cut this show on the relative shorter side because we're going to practice what we preach. We're going to go make sure our families are ready. We're going to go make sure our property is ready. We still have the last few hours to prepare. And uh, the event will be here tomorrow. It'll be a long and exhausting day. Uh, we're going to wrap you up here in just a moment. I'm going to go ahead read one last message that Scotty Powell just put in uh, announcing that ferry service in North Carolina is suspended into further notice as you might suspect as the heavy winds and the surf do approach so that's uh, that's good to mention I appreciate that and the Carolina Weather Group team will keep you informed throughout the day tomorrow and into Saturday you can follow us on Twitter for real-time warnings of flash flood warnings severe thunderstorm warnings tornado warnings Uh, there is a slight chance that we could see embedded in this tropical system uh, some embedded small rotation so don't be surprised if we do get a couple of uh, tornado warnings. The biggest threat for that uh, will kind of be further east you are, going back to that whole concept of that dirty side of the storm. You can find us anytime streaming on YouTube. Just search for the Carolina Weather Group. Our nonstop channel, the Carolina Weather Net, will be streaming. That's a place that you can watch for free. You can park it on any device that has YouTube, your phone, your computer, your smart TV, leave it up. And then our crew will be along with live updates throughout the day as conditions warrant. So you can leave it there, or if you'd rather just be notified every time we come up for a live update, you can, of course, subscribe and hit that bell to be notified to your device when we are live as conditions warrant. Expect multiple updates throughout the day. We've got uh, Dan out there. We've got Jared in Charleston. uh, We've got Scotty up in the foothills. So we've got all the terrain, all the regions kind of covered for you, and our crews will be keeping an eye on this throughout the next couple hours. Our thoughts and prayers, again, with the folks in Florida, hoping for the best here in the Carolinas. Be prepared uh, to 
to uh, do whatever you got to do tonight to be ready for this tomorrow. And I think by the time we get to Saturday afternoon, we will all finally be breathing that sigh of relief. On behalf of everyone here at the Carolina Weather Group, I'm James Briarton in Charlotte. We'll talk to you again real soon.